All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. On the couch with a cup of coffee, I'm assuming. Good morning. You are assuming very correctly. Why are you <laughs> sounding so croaky, Nico? Um, ah, this is just my, my morning voice. Don't worry, I've had a coffee, so I'm good. Which coffee did you have? <laughs> uh, Cortado? Yeah, there you go. Cortado. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> I know you too well, I'm Nico. a bit boring, I realise. Yeah, yeah, no, listen. Maybe I'm a creature of habit. No, you're a creature of habit. But I tell you, when I hear that croaky voice, I think, mm, maybe Nico was partying last night. And then I think, <laughs> that sounds like something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, it's a bit of reflux. Oh, that's, don't tell us that. We don't want to know that. Yeah, that is what it is. You're one you've asked. So, um, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm, so, unfortunately, that's the croaky voice in the morning. So, um, Nico, talking about road tripping, I understand that mm-hmm. you have been test driving one hell of a car. Yeah, I've been driving the... Um, oh, I drove it uh, last week and over the weekend, the Mercedes-Benz C220 diesel. No, that would be a great car for road tripping, I yeah. must say. Um, well, if you if you want to go far, I must tell you, you know, just from the bat, the first thing that... Well, apart, we'll talk about the car now, is the fuel consumption of this thing. Um, I think you easily get a thousand two hundred uh, kilometers out of your tank because when I when I started driving with it, I think the fuel consumption was at five, and I was driving from Randburg on the highway, and it was around five and four point eight. You know, if you're not pushing mm. liters per hundred kilometers, so it's a two liter diesel. Um, but the first thing is I, I really like the nature of of that car. I, I think this would be the pick of the bunch for me, and I like diesel cars as I said before, and just the nature of the car is very relaxed. You know, you just don't feel like you want to race anywhere. You just enjoy the drive and the, the, the car itself, as I said, is, is quite relaxed. So the, the drive was really a beautiful, relaxed drive. And that's something I really enjoyed from the car already. So um, it is a sedan. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you, you would go with this as your long distance. You wouldn't go for an well, SUV. You'd go for a sedan. No, no, no. I mean, I would, it depends on the, the type of driving. But if you're just talking about the range in the C-Class, so currently... Yeah. The different models Mercedes-Benz offers in the C-Class. Um, there's petrol and diesel. This is the one I pick. Um, yeah. And if you, you know, there's a, I think a lot of South Africans, of course, are moving to the SUV um, uh, market. And later we'll talk about the pricing. You have your choice of yeah. SUVs as well. But as an everyday car, it's fabulous. And, you know, if you're living in, in the city and you're driving long distance and you not really need the SUV, you're getting a car um, that really gives you a great comfortable ride and, and ex- excellent, excellent fuel consumption. So it's a two-liter diesel, yeah. but it has a lot of, a lot of oomph, 147 kilowatts and 440 newtons of torque. So sure. it's more than powerful enough. Yeah, and really, you know, it's a, it's a smooth acceleration. You get that invisible shove that diesels have always had, you know, so when you're accelerating with a diesel. Um, so uh, from that point of view, as a start, beautiful engine and, and nice and quiet. You don't hear the diesel inside. If you're outside, you can hear the diesel idling a little bit but very quiet inside. Uh, Nico, I'm always interested how you, as someone who believes totally in EVs, electric, electric vehicles, mm. uh, is a, such a huge fan of diesel. Mm. <laughs> you, you know what? Um, I, you can, if you want to go to emissions, you can talk with any car and, and, and say, well, there's, listen, there's emissions in any car. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and the reality is, if I look at petrol versus diesel, um, petrol has certain emissions, diesel has certain emissions that have different um, uh, a type of some, um, something that you, um, uh, diesel particular filter, will filter out suit, so suit is something you'll get from a diesel car. Um, but as I said, you know, you, you get emissions from all types of cars. Yeah. But at the end of the day, a lot is done with the new cars to filter that out, so cars would have 
diesel particulates filters, they'll have cat catalytic converters. So a lot is done to lower the emissions. And I'm not sure if this is a Euro 6 or Euro 6 uh, or 7 engine, but in, it is a very clean diesel engine. Mm. Um, so, uh, and then if I compare petrols versus diesels, I just like how diesels feel. Because of that torque and the way they accelerate versus mm. petrol. Petrol always feels like you have to rev it to get somewhere. Even with the turbo cars, they're nice, but the character of a diesel is something I really... Yeah. So if I have to choose a car... I like a diesel. So you talk about the torque, and you also mm. talk about the fact that it's a two-liter. So what is it, zero to 100 in? Zero to 107.3, but I never felt like I want to test, test the zero to 100. I must say, I just always felt like I'm, I'm quite relaxed. And, you know, inside, inside is, is, is stunning. So another feeling I've got is really a high-tech car. So uh, it has uh, the M MUBX or you know, MBU, uh, MBUX, sorry, which is the infotainment system, which gives you a digital display in front of the driver, and then you've got this um, curved, uh, or this, the, the, the center console has a digital, almost like, it looks like a, you know, it's, it's a big digital display. So you get all the information in front of the driver, um, and then the system itself is really um, lots of functionality to it. So yeah. you, get, you get like graphics when you're driving, but you can pair your phone, and you have navigation, and you've got um, a music functionality to it. Um, so the, the, the bottom side is, is fixed functions like your climate control and skipping tracks. And then effectively the top side, um, I would say uh, two-thirds of the screen is where the rest of the infotainment is. Very crisp and clear graphics, um, easy to read. And then the rest of the uh, cabin is really a beautiful place to be. You know, if you get the air vents, you have three air vents above that display and they, they have different colors. So you have different themes. So at night, this whole place lights up. It's really, really <laughs> stunning like inside. Well, yeah, this guy without, but it's not a boo, 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 but uh, beautiful light. So the inside is, is, is really a nice place to be, um, I must say. So driving, if you're driving, it's really soft and uh, comfortable. You know, it's 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 clear and, and, and you get a, re a good quality of, uh, or good feeling of quality. And of course, you can imagine I'm driving around with a car. So if I stop somewhere and I had some friends that look at the car and they were, you know, all quite excited about, you know, they look at the car and standing on the outside, the design is beautiful. They look inside, so... I had lots of, you know, or well, the car itself, I don't know, get the compliments, but the car had lots of compliments for, you know, for, for, for what it is. Okay, so you're rather loving it. Um, mm -hmm. What about your bank balance? Yeah, so the bank balance, you know what, um, uh, thing, something like this, of course, does not come cheap. I mean, we, you have to, and, and the, the, the spec list is really quite long, so there's a lot of standard specification. Um, at the end of the day, let me just get my pricing right. Um, this was the CT20 diesel uh, avant-garde, it's yours for 954,749 rand without nice. extras. Then you can add some extras, of course, um, to the car itself. Um, so you can add things like a sunroof and ANG body styling and sports seats. So you can really uh, move that price up quite significantly if you wanted to. Um, so, you know, it, it is effectively, unfortunately, what these cars cost in South Africa. But you're getting a, a, a lot of car for that money, I have to say. Very briefly, it, are, are Mercs made in South Africa? I sound a bit dumb here, but I don't know. No, not at all. No, that's such a brilliant question. This car happens to be made in South Africa. So the C-Class, I think in 1994, they started um, building the C-Class um, for the first time. That was the W203. This is now mm. the W206. So that, in 1994, they started building the car in East London. So this current one is built in um, yeah. Bolvenese London, that's the only um, Mercedes-Benz built in South Africa. Um, something else I need to tell you as well, which, which um, um, I really quite uh, found easy to use or yeah. uh, quite quick, is the Mercedes Me functionality. So um, that's the functionality where you can pair the car with your phone. 
Um, and and some, sometimes, so many factors, it's quite a story. This one is actually quite easy. I downloaded the app. I scanned it on the infotainment system. I scanned my driver's license front and back. Uh, and very quickly, I was able to now um, lock and unlock the car, see the functionality if the car was locked, what the range was. And it was actually quite easy to use. With that as well is the, um, the functionality if you're in a crash, the fact that the car will automatically make an SOS call to wow. a call center to help you. So in other words, if, if the car airbags pop, then the, uh, a call center will call you, but they'll also just send an ambulance or police. Or You know, you can also press the, uh, let's say there's a, a situation where there's a fire, you can press that SOS button and, um, you know, talk to a call center and get a fire engine sent out. Yeah. So, um, and it was easy to use, or, or, or the pairing function, which sometimes I've, as I've experienced is a bit more difficult, was quite easy in the book. So, um, I mean, do you think that my people are going to go for this car because it has so many of the extras that you're talking about, and a lot of the tech stuff that mm. that we're seeing more and more and more with cars? I think so. so I think probably you know people are very brand loyal and. So people, you know, if, if you're a Mercedes-Benz person and, and you've always driven um, a Benz, then you're definitely going to look at this car. I mean, I had one guy, um, I had a look at the car, and he said, listen, I'm a Merc guy. I love it. I mean, look at this car. And it was just wax lyrical. Is that the right way to say this? Mm. About the car. So definitely, if you're a Mercedes-Benz fan or you're looking for a sedan, um, a very classy car, this is definitely, you know, it would be a great choice. One thing else as well that, um, uh, friends of mine, um, uh, they, they sound quite like, uh, is, uh, you know, because of course you're going to show them all the functionality. It's the Hey Mercedes function, which is voice commands for the functionality. So I could, you know, sit in the car, you say, Hey Mercedes, open the sunroof, and it opens the sunroof. Hey Mercedes, I'm cold, and it gets the temperature up. Hey Mercedes, I'm tired, and it plays some beat music. So, you know, that was something that, that he quite likes. So, as a high-tech machine, this car really has a lot of, it's a lot of money, as we said before, but it really is a high-tech vehicle. Okay, we've got to go to a break. When we come back from a break, uh, we're chatting to Nico. We're talking about the new Merc, and uh, he's been driving it. It sounds like it's fabulous. Don't forget to send in your questions as well. All Things Automotive with the Petrolhead, Nico Smith. We are with the petrol head. Thanks. Your questions are coming in fast and furious. We'll get to them in a moment. Nico, as we close off on the car, the Mercedes-Benz mm-hmm. C220 diesel, um, you mentioned something about optional extras, and you mentioned AMG body styling. What is mm-hmm. body styling on a car? So um, uh, Some people are just quite happy with the way a standard car looks, but some people say, you know what, I want a car that looks more aggressive, it looks more sporty. So the, the AMG styling kit is normally then um, exterior styling where the car has a much more aggressive look so the front air impacts in the front is bigger you get um, uh, at the rear the rear bumper and diffuser is different you get different wheels so effectively it, it is something that makes the car look if you don't think the standard car which already looks quite good which is an avant-garde trim looks good enough you can add this sporty exterior styling which then, as I said, makes the car look more aggressive. And the, the car was in black, so really, you know, the, um, had this AMG styling kit. And uh, quite a few people, you know, commented on how aggressive and sporty it looks. So it does definitely make a difference if you want a car that stands out. Okay, so what are you rating it out of 10? Yo, I would say uh, definitely a 9 out of 10. It was a fabulous car. I, I definitely enjoyed the high tech and, and, and the ride. It, it's, um, you know, there's not a lot wrong with it. It's a beautiful car. Um, yeah, nine so out of ten. What are you rating it out of five? <laughs> that would be a four point five. <laughs> what are you rating it out of two? Uh, it was so nice. <laughs> uh, I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so Nico, we've got a bunch of questions for you. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. So this one is from Noah in Cape Town saying, Good morning, Nico and Mitchells. It's getting warmer and warmer now, and I'm beginning to feel that my air conditioner is not that effective. Do I go and have it serviced or just gas-filled? Because there's a new gas refueling, a few gas refueling uh, stations mushrooming on the side of the roads. Don't go to the side of the road. Um, You know, it's like fixing your car on the side of the road. Not a good idea. So um, if you need to regas, you know, it's probably just the gas. Um, the gas eventually runs out, but um, you've got a, there's certain ways to do it when they fill the gas. So um, don't do it on the side of the road. Rather, pay a little bit more and have it done professionally. And I, I'm not an expert. I think the bottle of tippies is upside down. There's a right way to do it, and the guys on the side of the road are not going to do it properly. So um, don't do that. Don't waste your money there. Rather, pay more. And otherwise, that gas on the side of the road is not going to last long. Plus, actually, depending on the car, there's actually a certain type of gas that needs to be used. Previously, the gas... I think in aircons wasn't the most environmentally friendly, and some of the cars now have a different type of aircon gas. So you've also got to make sure of that. I'm not an expert, but what I would not do ever is fill my gas and uh, some of the, the aircon okay. gas. Okay. Then Kalisa wants to know um, diesel engine versus petrol engine. When Okay, let me try and understand this. Diesel engine versus petrol engine. When inside a diesel vehicle, one inhales the fume of diesel versus the petrol, preferred petrol engine. So that's Lisa. Well, no, if you, I mean, any fumes, petrol, diesel fumes ain't great. So, um, but you're not ever um, inhaling the fumes um, of, um, of petrol. From, if you're inhaling fumes from your engine, that's a problem. So any car, the air intake, you know where your, 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 your wipers are, the, air, the fresh air intake is over there, and your exhaust is pushing the stuff out the back. So what happens is fresh air is over the bonnet gets sucked into the car. So you're never really getting um, any fumes from the engine inside the car. Um, there's, a, there's, a, yeah, if you're getting, uh, there's a big problem if you're getting any fumes, petrol or diesel inside the car. Okay, so rather if you are like spilling diesel fumes or petrol fumes, either one, yeah, go and freaking check, check it out Yeah, right exactly. Now. Exactly. I mean, I would, I would drive behind a truck. So if I drive and I see this, uh, an old bucket or a truck, and I see those black, uh, fumes of smoke coming out. I immediately recirculate. So I press a little button with an arrow because what that does, it closes the vents off. So no, 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 nothing from the outside coming in. Even if I see a salt fire and yeah. I drive and uh, I close the air vents and once I'm past, I open it up. So I don't get that stuff inside the car. Okay. So someone wants to know what is your advice on mixing petrol, 95 and 93, or even mixing brands? Uh, you know, would you whis- mix a whiskey and a uh, rum? <laughs> <laughs> no, some so, people um, might like you never know. I, I, I mean, if you're going for a shooter or you're going for a cocktail, uh, that is this is actually a horrible example I just used. So let's ignore the example. But I, I, I would say, what is the? I wouldn't mix the two. In what's the point? You've got to say, is your engine designed for 95 or 93? And I would stick with that. But going half off, you're not going to get a 94 octane when you've got a little bit of 95 and 93. So, no. Okay, and then what if you would like mixing, um, I'm just trying to think of two BP brands. Uh, no, that's no issue. That's no issue. Brand. No, I, I, I actually, I've never stopped and said, oh, shit, but, you know, I thought that this filling station, I'm not filling at this filling station. I, that would, I wouldn't mind, you know, that wouldn't bother me. But um, as I said before with diesels, I would always look for a Sassel because of the low parts per million the cleaner diesel. So okay. if it's a diesel car, I would look for Sasser, but with 95, I just stop and put 95, and then someone else's 95 doesn't yeah. bother me. Okay, so now Tom has two questions for you. They're actually comments, and he wants you to comment on it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he says, uh, many new cars have dark windows so that the driver and passengers cannot be seen. <coughs> I understand it's against the law. Can you comment on this? And, and there's a certain tint that you're allowed. So actually, the cars don't come out with dark windows. Um, when you put in smash and grab, you can also tint that. I think it's a 50% tint the maximum. So in other, other words, by law, there's a certain amount of tint allowed. I think it's 50. I'm not 100% sure. But um, some people would go over that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it is against the law to have the windows too dark where you can't, uh, they can't see in or you can't see out. Okay, then his second question is, buckies which are towing trailers, which are wider than the bucky, is this legal? No, I think not, but I'm... I, um, I, yeah, remember what we said before, where there's a point where my knowledge... Um, I, I'm trying it's your to tipping. It's your tipping point. Yeah, this is my tipping point. So I think... It's not allowed to be past the car, but I've said that I've, I've, I've towed race cars with trailers, and, and the race car goes on there. The trailer is a bit wider, so I think there is a limit to that where it sticks out. So there's a certain limit where it, it can't stick out of the car. But I think, um, I'm trying to think where you get the information. You should be able to find the information on the internet, but I'm not 100% sure. So uh, uh, what's your comment on that? Because I th- imagine that, like, if you have a, if you're driving your bucky and then you've got a trailer which is um, maybe. You know, well, stick, sticking if, if out on both car, sides. If, if you're towing a, let's say, if you think about it, if you're towing a race car, um, yeah. the, the, it goes onto the trailer and the wheels stick out, which is still okay. So there is a certain limit. Um, it can't be double the width of your car, but if you're towing a car behind a bucky, that car is basically the same width. So the wheels are going to stick out, but there's a certain, certain limit to that. Um, and that's just driving on the road. I mean, if you're off-roading, that you don't want your trailer to stick out because it's more drag. So if you're off-roading, you want to make sure that your trailer... Um, is running in the exact same lines that your car is running. Because if it sticks out, then you basically, it's almost like a dead weight. You're creating two more tracks. And, and that's going to, you know, any sand driving, off-road driving, it's going to be worse. So you really want that in line. But if you're taking, let's say, a trailer with a car, it's got to be wider. So I think there's a certain limit, but um, I don't know. Sorry, okay. I couldn't answer that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know so much about you here. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Just, just, you know what the worst is? You stuck with me. So. <laughs> this is what you get. You get a guy that knows about, about you 50%. You, you stuck with me. Okay, I've, I've <laughs> got a question. Each other. I've got yes. a question for you. You know, we've we've seen over the last oh, no. couple of days the most extraordinary rain and thunder and hail and that. Hail damage. How do they fix hail damage? I think carefully and slowly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so when you get hail damage, um, yeah. um, you um, make sure your insurance covers that. So a lot of the time that's covered under the insurance. Um, and um, apparently it's quite easy to fix it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, if you leave it too long, then, of course, it, 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 yeah, it's, it, it's going to affect the trading value of your car. But um, being somebody that doesn't fix hail damage, but somebody that has a car with my car has a little bit of hail damage as well. Somebody once told me, I didn't even know it. And I look, I said, oh, no, get all these little dents. But it can, they actually can pop them out effectively. It depends on the severity, of course, of the hail damage. You know, if it's just little dents or quite deep ones, that's also going to have an effect. Whew. Okay. I'd like to see them popping it out. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how many there are to pop, but it's not lucky if you've had hail damage. It really. No, it's horrible. Really, if you love your car, that just that, that just hurts really. It's almost like you've been standing in the hail. If you really yeah. look after your car, yeah. love it. And it's, it really uh, does hurt. Okay. So Trevor wants to know, um, what actually is the difference between 93 and 95? 
And how does how do you yeah. know know what's yeah. suitable? And he says he drives a 1.4 Polo. So the octane in the fuel is higher, and the higher the octane, the slower the fuel burns. So let's say you had like an 89 octane, it'd go bang. And if you had a 95 octane, it would have a slower burn. And that slower burn is effectively going to affect how, how much fuel the car uses uh, or the fuel consumption and even the power. So um, what, what, what car does he have? Uh, 1.4 Polo. It doesn't say when. Um, owner's manual. Owner's manual is quite easy. Owner's manual normally tells you. So if you look in the back of the owner's manual, you know, do you know RTFM? No idea. Rita Flippin' Manual. So that's a lot of a lot of time when people say, how does that work? So, well, you know, just look in the cubbyhole. That book tells you a lot. So tire pressures, what oil to use, what fuel to use. But the, 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 the manual will always say, this is the recommended fuel for your car. So it'll tell you inside there. If you, if you lost the manual, let's say if you bought a second-hand car, the manual's not there anymore. And the manufacturer just phone a VW dealership and ask them. Um, say, but this you is know, the car. why do we need to read the manual when we've got you? We can just yeah, ask you. Well, I'm like, a, I'm like a half a manual. We've, realized, we've established now I'm half a manual. So yeah. either the front or the back of the manual is missing. So <laughs> I, I can only get some points of the car, but not all of these. I'm only half <laughs> the manual you want me to be. <laughs> <laughs> There's a song in there, Michelle. I think they you might can, make be. Money. <laughs> Nico, there's... Um, I, I, as you were talking about 95 and 93 and that kind of thing, I started to wonder... What did the F1 racing cars drive? I mean, as in, what did they use? Sorry, what did they use? Um, they're actually using synthetic fuels. Um, I'm not sure what the octane would be. It would be quite a, a high uh, um, a high octane. I think it would be way more above 100, but I don't actually know. But they're using synthetic um, fuels. Um, so it's not actually like, your, you know, a, your pump gas 95. It would be a very highly specialized thing. And actually... Um, it actually goes further than that because they, you can gain an advantage. We're talking about Mercedes-Benz. You know, Petronas is one of their sponsors, which yeah. is, I think, a, a Malaysian fuel company. Yeah. Um, so they also do a lot of research on the, the type of fuel because that's going to affect the performance of their car. So there's almost uh, there's some engineering and a lot of secrecy as well about their type of fuel that they would use in their car. Of course, the, uh, if I would say there's certain standards to that, but you know, they, they, they want to... Ex- Every little thing counts. And if you can make your fuel more efficient or get more power from your fuel, that's going to make a difference. Okay, I've got a question from someone saying, in these rainstorms that we're seeing in Johannesburg, do we put, uh, let me just, do we put our, what do you, uh, our flashes on? Our hazards. No, hazards, don't. yeah, sorry. <clears throat> no, I mean, South Africans are just like hazard mole. You know, when something happens, hazards on. I need to take a phone call, hazards on. Mm. Oh, the cars are going slowly, hazards on. Hazards are there in case of an emergency when there's an accident. Um, if you brake very hard with your car and you go into hard ABS, the hazard would go on. But if you're just putting on your hazards and everybody else is putting on the hazards, I'm not going to see the broken down car that actually has a problem because everybody drives. This is not my fast Drives on with hazards. So hazards are only there for an emergency. If you're driving in the rain and your car breaks down, then you move to the side and put the hazards on. But when everybody's moving slowly, I can see your lights anyway. If anything, if you want to put on your fog lights, try and you know put on your rear fog light when it rains quite hard. But I can still see you. Your hazards, just with all cars with hazards, personally, I think is just not necessary. This is just my opinion. This is not the law. But but what <laughs> happens if you like are in in? I mean, I think I think it's a fair enough question. What happens if you like in a furious downpour like we had on Monday in Johannesburg. Yeah, you know, uh, try not drive in there. Don't go through standing water. If you have to drive, adjust your speed to the conditions. Keep a big following distance. 
but I can still see your light. You know, the wipers are really going. Um, that I, I, I'm not sure if put on your, your fog lights. I don't know, as I said, some people think, you know, some people might disagree with me putting their hazards on. But when all cars are moving with hazards, I cannot see a broken down car or a car that actually has an emergency. It all becomes too confusing. So my opinion is just put on your lights when it rains, put on your fog light as an extra thing if you want to. But yeah, for me, hazards are emergency lights, not just when anything makes me a bit unsure, I run for the hazard button. Could you just pull over to the side of the road? Yeah, you've got to be, again, you need to be safe. So if you're putting, you know, here's the thing, you're driving and you see, oh, here's the hail. You know, I've, I've driven, okay, I know there's a bridge. Let me just get under the bridge and, and try and get away from the hail. But if you're parking next to the side of the road, you, there's a lot of things to consider. Is there space on the side of the road? Is there a big pothole or a big hole you can't see because the rain's folded? So it, it is a tricky situation and you've got to assess the situation right there and then. Is it safe? Because if cars are moving at a high speed and you moving to the side of the road and you on the national highway in the yellow lane, you stop there because it rains, somebody's going to crash into you because they don't see you. So it really, it's, a, it's not an easy answer, I think, unfortunately. You've got to really assess the situation and the speed and the type of road you, you're going on. Um, and don't just pull over to the side of the road. It can actually create dangers. I mean, the same goes when you go on holiday. When you're driving on holiday, um, sometimes people drive slow in the slow lane. Um, or, or go left so that people can pass on the right. I know that happens a lot in the free states. Um, but you've got to be careful. If you're doing this over the blind ride, um, you, you might go to the left lane. Over the other side of the blind ride, somebody's broken down, and you're now driving in the yellow lane, which is actually quite dangerous. So be, just be careful when you're doing that. Yeah. Look ahead. So, I mean, my biggest thing when I drive now along this is we're going away next week. I look far ahead. That's the best thing I have is in my armory, is look ahead and think of the worst hazard over every hill as I drive. So Keith says you're almost spot on as in 90% because F1 cars use high-octane fuel running on E10 fuel, which is a blend of 90% fuel and 10% renewable ethanol. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. oh, there you go. So, Nico, you did mention that you are on the road next week, which means mm -hmm. that you are out and about. When are we going to see you back in town again? Well, it's rather like on the show. In time, um, early sure. Jan, early Jan. Early Jan. Look at my calendar. Um, I would say seven, um, seven, ten. Is that December or January? Now I'm getting confused. Seven January. Yeah, Saturday, that's... seven January. So, so are you going to go like on a long road trip yourself? I am holiday. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do that. Do that again. Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> There's a song like that. I don't know. You know, yeah. holiday. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going. It's Madonna. Madonna. We are going on a holiday trip. Yes, we're road tripping long distance through the Karoo. I'm looking. I'm so looking forward to that drive. Okay. That's one of my favorites. Long distance through the Karoo. That's just fabulous. Well, travel safely, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again next year. Nine o'clock. Time for the news. Good morning.